Coaches. There is a way to increase your impact without becoming a slave to your business. This is Purpose to Profit, where we talk to top industry experts, coaches, and clients about their strategies that will help you do less and make more. And now, here's your hosts. Hey guys, I'm Adam Marquart. Hey, hey, Sandra Garcia here. And today we have with us Beth Williams, who is a career and life coach. Beth has pursued a lifelong fascination with human behavior. She uses a holistic mind, body, spirit approach and helps ambitious mid to late career women achieve career breakthroughs and work-life harmony so they become better leaders and spend quality time with their family and friends without guilt, exhaustion, or overwhelm. Beth works with clients to align mind, body, and spirit, energy, and core values and create sustainable change from the inside out. Welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. I am genuinely curious. How did you get started as a career and life coach? (laughs) It's kind of a lifelong thing, starting in childhood. (laughs) But the two pieces that really tie into the switching over to coaching and being a life and career coach, I had a career in the corporate world in human resource management. And then it was really square peg and round holes because I'm not the kind of leader that's very directive. I'm really, I've always been more of a coach. People confided me when I was a kid because they knew I'd keep their secrets and things like that. I majored in psychology, thinking I'd become a child psychologist or a school guidance counselor. None of that happened. I went into the corporate world and really struggled as a leader in corporate America because I was in very male-dominated, good old boy kind of situations, manufacturing and that kind of thing. So eventually I was fired from the the boss from hell, (laughs) (laughs) the last straw. (laughs) So when I was celebrating having been fired because I felt like free at last, free at last. (laughs) And from there, I decided, okay, I'm going to look for a job and I'll look for a project. And whichever comes first, that's what I meant to do. Three weeks later, I was networking with a former colleague, and she asked me, wow, would you like to do some projects for us? And the rest is history. I started consulting, contracting. That led me to behavioral competencies. That led me to assessments. A real crossroad for me was I realized that I was really fascinated by personality. And behavior has always fascinated me. I've tried to figure out my family, myself, (laughs) my friends, and why our politicians do the things they do. And I ran into this um, leadership assessment that was behavior-based. So it was right up my alley. But I hadn't had any projects for a while. I've never been great at marketing myself. And I didn't really have the money. So it was a huge investment for me. It was something like $7,000 to become licensed with this assessment tool. And it was taking a big risk. So I discussed it with my husband and decided to go ahead and get the money together and, and invested in it. And that propelled me to getting hired by uh, a small HR consulting firm It was the best job in my whole career. I loved that job. I was working with talented, creative people. 
I was the oldest one in the whole firm. <laughs> and it didn't matter because it was a mutual admiration society. Everybody was into learning and sharing and collaborating. So the environment was exactly what I loved. And that introduced me to coaching. So I started exploring the idea of coaching. And my mentor there was in charge of the executive coaching practice. And she believed in me. She thought I was a natural coach. So one thing led to another. And I started out doing executive coaching, but I wasn't trained. And so I was looking around for executive coaching training and nothing really appealed to me. And so the next big thing for me, the crossroad was, long story short, I ended up with a brain tumor. And I had brain surgery, everything went well, but then I had to have a year of chemo. And it didn't deter my life much, but somewhere between the surgery and the chemo, I had this epiphany. If not now, when am I going to pursue what I love to do? Mm. Coaching, doing what I love, career coaching, life coaching, helping people overcome their inner demons, their inner critics, and do what they're meant to do in this world. And so it was amazing because once I had that epiphany, I started looking around again for coach training and the perfect training came along <laughs> and it's a holistic approach. IPEC is the name of the organization and they do mind, body, spirit, emotional, physical, environment, all the influencers that we have in our lives and taking coaching to this holistic level means that you're also experiencing it yourself as a coach. You're transforming yourself during the training. I highly recommend coach training for anyone who wants to evolve in their lives. Expand yourself by going through training. And then it was my brother. I have had a younger brother who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and he only lived about three weeks after that. And fortunately, I was able to spend about a week with him before he passed. And he taught me that no matter how much time we have, we can fully live our lives. He was just the same person in so many respects, lugging along this oxygen tank <laughs> wherever he managed to go. But he invited us in and it was so impactful for me. I've always been stoic. Our family is half Norwegian and half Irish. And so there's this tug of war between emotions and stoicism, right? <laughs> and so I'd be in sitting with him and uh, he'd be joking and everything. And then I'd walk out of the room and I'd bawl my eyes out, surrounded by friends and family, which was a whole new experience for me. So it was then that I started thinking about, okay, executive coaching isn't really my passion. I do it because I think it's something I can contribute and be credible at. But life coaching is really what I want to do. And so it was that combination of things that really made the difference. See, I love that. And I think that it's going back to, you know, your story when you kind of had, you know, what I'll call like that awakening where you were like, if not now, when? And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in life of just doing, 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 doing. We sometimes forget who we want to be and who we deserve to be and who, you know, God put us on this earth to be. And I think that that's the thing is like, you know, none of us really have any idea of how much time we have to live our life. There are people who have accidents young. There are people who live to be 100 and, 
over a hundred years old. And so I think that it's like, when you really put that in perspective and say, Hmm, you know, look at where I am today right now and kind of even internalizing that and saying, you know, am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Am I doing the things that I love to do? And if not, when are you going to do that? Because I always relate it back to like having kids. Everybody's like, oh, well, you'll never be ready. And I feel like it's that same thing when you're, you know, deciding to do things that make you happy or fulfilling your purpose or or even finding your purpose. It's like, when are you going to make the conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm going to do that now. And I think even to your point of, you know, you didn't have all the money in the world to say, hey, I'm going to go out and you know, invest this. You didn't have all the money in the world. So you weren't able to just say, Hey, okay, cool. I'll just throw money at this. It was like, it was one of those things where you knew you were investing in yourself. You knew that it was the time was now. And I think that that is so huge because there's not, I feel like a lot of people aren't thinking about that yet. It's like always, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Or, you know, I've got all these dreams in my head, but it's like, when are you going to make those dreams a reality? Right. When are you going to take action? You have to be aware and paying attention. So when those opportunities come up, you grab them. And that's something that I've been fortunate to learn. I think that that's a beautiful perspective that you can offer your clients that may not be dealing with the life-threatening situation, but you're bringing them your experiences and perspective of like how precious life is and how important it is to go after things that you deserve today because tomorrow's not guaranteed for anyone, right? That's right. So that is such a gift. I'm wondering, like you had these pretty pivotal moments in your life that kind of took you down this path. And I've been seeing a pattern here, Adam, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the people that we've interviewed that are purpose driven, it's almost as if coaching just finds them by accident, right? And then all of a sudden, there's this alignment where things start flowing to them. And, and things just have a way of magically working out when you're living in that flow state and you're, you're living a heart-based life and you're allowing the things that move you to move you, right? Yes, yes. Absolutely. And well, I was just going to add to that. What's funny about that is like, I think like even looking at like my own story, how I like continuously got put back on the track of coaching, even if I tried to avoid it, even if I tried to, you know, just dip my toe in the water, like whatever it was, I believe like when you have you know, whether you call it destiny, whether you call it fate, whether you call it God, whether you call it purpose, like whatever, I feel like whatever that thing is, I feel like there are consistent signs or doors that open or things that will try to bring you back on that track because that's where you deserve to be. That's what, you know, is going to set you on fire. That's where you're going to feel that alignment. And you can make such a difference in the world. That's what really reignites my passion is when I'm working with a client and I I can see the light bulbs going on and all of a sudden the energy jumps way up. You know, they might be expressing themselves really low key and kind of depressed. And then we have some kind of a breakthrough in the conversation and the voice goes up and they're animated and it's such fun to be able to point that out. Have you noticed how your energy just shifted? And it's so exciting to watch that and be a witness. Absolutely. And sometimes people don't even realize they do it. Sometimes it'll happen when they start talking about a different subject. Like if somebody is in 
what I'll call in this moment, victim mindset where they're like, oh, well, this mm -hmm. and this and this. And then you, you kind of transition and ask them a question that puts them more in alignment with something that they love, something that sets them on fire. They'll quickly like come out of that and their energy just completely mm -hmm. shifts. And I love seeing that. And Sandra and I kind of always joke with our clients. It's like, hey, you can have your breakdown as long as you're committed to your breakthrough. And I think being able to facilitate that is so, so huge. It's so pivotal, but it's also awesome to be the one, like, like you said, to witness that. Mm -hmm. And to be able to ask the questions that will help that person make those, those shifts. And a lot of it, that's where the mind, body, spirit comes in because you have to rely on your intuition and go with the flow. And you may have one intention going into a coaching session and then things evolve in a totally different direction and you have to be there. And so there's always challenge, there's always expansion and growth related to it um, for everyone who's involved. And how many careers can you possibly have that allow everyone involved to expand and, and be better and have better lives? I mean, it's to me, there's just nothing like it. <laughs> Right. Your client's growth becomes your growth. You're a mirror for them. Right. But it's this constant state of, of reflection and evolution. So right. a question popped up for me while I was hearing you talk. How do you help your clients align with their mind, body, and soul? You talked about behavior, like a behavior-based assessment. Like I'm wondering mm -hmm. if somebody lives in their mind or is more so in their body, but it's not connected like for me personally, I am very heart driven and I've been heart driven my whole life. What I've been working on as of late is, is connecting my heart to my head because the moment that I'm quote unquote forced, I'm, I'm doing um, quote air quotes right now. You can't see me when I am forced to do something that is not I'm not inspired to do, I automatically jump into my head and out of my heart. And I, I'm starting to learn how to integrate those two because I'm very mm -hmm. familiar with my spirit and I'm very familiar with, with my heart and my body. And it's like, I just need my mind to come on board and align with those. So that way <laughs> it's all of me. I'm, I'm incorporating all of me. So how do you right. help your clients get to that, that alignment? Well, the first step is, is awareness. So you're describing the first step as being aware that there is sometimes that disconnect. One tool that I use is a values assessment. In fact, this morning, I was looking for my values assessment for myself to review to see if anything had changed. And I went into a semi-panic because I couldn't find any of the previous value lists that I had created so I had to do it again. And I discovered that a couple of values did shift. And what I help my clients do is align their mind, body, spirit in, in terms of their values. How does this align with my values? Am I living up to my values? And that, what's the impact? And so sometimes you can make that connection just by making sure that what you're choosing to do, and, and even when you feel, quote, forced to do something that's not in line with your passion, it's still a choice. The founder of the coach training I went through told a story about having a workshop for kids, teenagers who were, they had a choice of going to jail or going to this class. And they would attend the class and he would welcome them and they would get into this dialogue and they claimed they had to be there. And he said, oh, really? So what would have happened had you not come? And they 
say, well, I'd go to jail. Well, then it sounds like you made a great choice for yourself this morning to come here instead. So they didn't view it as a choice. And yet, because it was a choice between two things that they didn't think they wanted, (laughs) they didn't think they had a choice. And yet, it's still a choice, a choice between two things that have potentially very different outcomes. So you have to choose the one that's most aligned with what you most want in your life. So that's one way. Aligning with your values and gaining awareness to where you're at. And that choice almost empowers you to choose that thing, right? Like I was doing a, a talk yesterday at Adobe and they were asking me, when did you know that it was time for you to leave? Because I, I worked there and I had to think about that. And it was when I started telling myself, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And it wasn't until I became aware of that, I have to, like I'm feeling forced to be here. Once I made the choice that I'm choosing to be here, and I'm also choosing to align myself with something that that sets my soul on fire, that activates all of me, that's going to bring me that fulfillment that I deserve. I chose where I was and it empowered me to make the moves to transition out of there. But going back to what Adam was talking about, being in that victim mentality, it was like, I have to be here. I have to be here. No, I don't have to be here. And that's the thing that, that set me free is choosing where I was. And that was one of the stepping stones to get to where I was going. And that thought process that you were describing brings to mind the other major tool that I use with my clients today, and that is the Energy Leadership Index. It's an assessment of energy, how we invest our energy on a day-to-day basis. And the concepts are our thoughts trigger emotions, and the emotions lead to actions, and the actions lead to outcomes. So if you don't like the outcome, change your thoughts, change the way you feel, reframe something. And the assessment basically breaks it down into seven energy levels, with level one being that victim mentality, where a lot of people who are highly depressed spend a lot of time in that victim mode because they just don't have the energy to try to overcome all the barriers. And then level seven is a very spiritual level. So anything is possible at, at that level. And the, the assessment really asks questions that get at what are our beliefs? What do we think about? And so it's, it's really tied into that whole mind-body-spirit connection. And so that just having people go through the Energy Leadership Index, which we call ELI, helps a lot of people break through barriers that they didn't realize they had. And most of us, when we're under stress, revert to our lower levels of energy because we're in fight or flight or freeze (laughs) mode. And so when you're in that mode, you revert back to those lower levels of energy. And by being aware of the energy that we expend and how we are different under normal circumstances versus under stress, we have more choice and we can start thinking through and changing the way we're thinking about things. Of course, going through coaching helps, right? (laughs) Absolutely. So I've got a somewhat controversial question for both of you. I would love to, this just popped in my head as we were talking about you know, having basically the freedom of choice and and being able to essentially choose what you do. So my question is, 
do you guys believe that you should push yourself outside of your comfort zone to achieve new heights? Or do you believe that you will actually achieve more by doing things that you are in complete alignment with? I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. Okay. It may, in fact, be that in order to be in perfect alignment, you have to go outside your comfort zone. Mm. That's how we continue to expand. I was watching PBS last night, and, and they were there was a segment about the chrysalis, you know, and the these caterpillars actually living year after year in the Arctic. They didn't eat enough, so they, they didn't have the energy to, to change into the chrysalis and turn into a moth. So every winter, they would freeze. And then in the spring, they would thaw out again. And so they had to break through that chrysalis in order to become the moth. And they had to let their wings dry in order to have the strength to fly away. It all took going outside the comfort zone in order to do that and make that transformation. And yet that was aligned with what they were meant to be, to change from the caterpillar to the moth. Wow, Beth, leave it up to me to be crying at a moth story (laughs) on a podcast. You are speaking to my soul. This is just a one-on-one and I I asked for this and here you are. I wanted to answer your question, Adam, but also just address that really profound story that you shared and how it relates to where I'm at today. Yesterday, I walked the women on the sales floor through an activity where they were basically writing a story about their lives where I had them name their book, declare what chapter they were on, what chapter they're looking forward to, who they're dedicating the book to, what image was on the cover, um, what are the main characters. And so I was walking them through this activity. And so, of course, every time I assign something to my clients or anyone that I'm working with, I do the activity. Even though I've done it a million times, I do it again because every time I do it, I discover something different. And so the name of my book yesterday was Metamorphosis. And the image was a moth, not a butterfly that's embracing my crazy and my uniqueness and all of me, all my spiritual giftings, the things that I can and cannot explain. And it was just what you just shared was so profound for me because it wasn't until I embraced the stages where I was in a cocoon for months. And now where I'm at today, I understand how valuable that time was. That's where I experienced the most growth. But because I was resisting being in that dark place, I wasn't allowing myself to settle into it. And now, now I don't want to be anywhere else. I'm, I'm in the stage that I'm in and I'm embracing all of it and I'm experiencing so much flow and so much alignment. So thank you for, for sharing that because I can't tell you, I mean, I just did, but I can't tell you what it meant for me to hear that. And Mm -hmm. back to what you asked, Adam, about alignment. Alignment leads to inspired action. Mm -hmm. So you will start gravitating towards those things as challenging as they may be. It's going to just happen in a way that it's never happened before. So I agree with Beth when she said it, there's really no difference between the two. Awesome. I love it. I love it. And I think that that's the thing where like a lot of people might be trying to figure out how to battle one or battle the other, or even balance one or the other. And like you said, I think that, you know, there's a way for them to be aligned. I think that one can actually complement the other. So I love that. Mm-hmm. And that all ties together with acceptance. Resistance brings more of what we don't want 
into our, we're so focused on resisting, resisting, resisting. It actually brings more of that, what we're resisting into our lives. Whereas if we accept it, it sort of dissipates. There's a, a quote that I used to think about a lot from Eckhart Tolle about that very thing, that if you resist it, it stays with you. And if you accept it, you can move on. And that's the magic. And you don't expect that. And yet there's something about the acceptance of what is that helps you move on to what's next, what else is possible. And the more you resist, the more you stay stuck. Absolutely. And I love that. And I think that that's something that, you know, for anybody listening, if you are feeling stuck, it's like, you know, honor the place that you're at, honor whatever happened to get you here and stop saying, oh, well, what if, or I could have done this differently or, or why me or, you know, any of the other things that are holding you back and just accept it. And at that point, you can then release it and start to step into, you know, what's next for you. So I think that that's huge. Yes. And the whole point of life really is learning and expanding. We weren't born to have a perfect life. There's the ebb and flow and the currents. And if you think about the ocean, the tides, high and low tide, and that's part of life. That's what keeps life interesting. If it were all the same and all perfect, how boring would that be? That's like the Stepford Wives or something. (laughs) (laughs) How boring would that be? And I think that that's part of the opportunity is looking at everything as a learning experience. And Sandra and I were on a call with somebody yesterday and she said, you know, one of the things that she does is having people constantly reframe where they're at into a place of gratitude. And I think that that's the thing going back to like, you have a choice. It's like, you have a choice to be happy. You have a choice to choose, you know, what, how you're going to reframe things, how you're going to enter things, what mindset you're going to enter something with, or what perspective or spin you're going to put on something. And I think that that's so important to always remember is you have the choice in how you react to things. We don't always have the choice of what happens, the situation that might happen, because there are some things that are out of our control. But I think it's all about understanding that you have the choice on how you react to things. Yes. And as Sandra was saying earlier, sometimes it's those dark places that produce the greatest breakthroughs. And so we can be grateful for those having those periods of time when we're in the dark places. And even though it's very uncomfortable, there's something going on that's transforming us that gives us an opportunity to expand and be more of who we're meant to be. I love that. I love that. And just going back to acceptance and gratitude and choosing where you're at to empower yourself, even if it's uncomfortable, being grateful for the opportunity that you have or looking at it, reframing it as in this is going to be the best comeback story ever. Like this is part of a story and this is a chapter in your book and this isn't the end and you get to choose when you start, when you stop and and what you want to follow up with. And so the power of choice. Yes. A great metaphor. Yes. So you've shared so many nuggets with us today. I'm wondering, like, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? You know, I was thinking about that this morning. And believe it or not, I don't remember a whole lot of advice that I've ever received. I do remember when my dad was still alive and he was a former school teacher. I would call him and I'd say, I can't believe I'm however old I was. And I'm just learning this now. And he'd inevitably, he would chuckle first. 
And then he would say, well, at least you're learning. If you're not learning, you're probably dead. (laughs) And that may sound morbid. And yet at this stage of my life, I really appreciate that advice that keep learning essentially is the the underlying message. Because if you're learning, you're still expanding. You're still living. You're not just doing your life. You're being who you're meant to be. I love so I that. Think learning, learning and expanding is, and that's kind of become my motto. Loving kindness is is a close second <laughs> because loving kindness is like that internal thing that's just so important. So if you're not learning, you're dying. Be grateful for the lessons. <laughs> loving yes. kindness. Be grateful for the lessons, yes. Yes. If you think about it, if you really think about it, if you didn't have those dark moments, those really important periods of time where you regrouped and you re-examined everything and you maybe learned some tough lessons, that's part of who you are today. Right. Who you are today is so much more than who you were five years ago, 10 years ago. If you keep expanding, all of those experiences make you who you are and you can relate to so many more people because you've had those experiences, some great, some not so great, and they all contribute to who you are. And that's the gift. Right. That gift of contrast, joy yes. and grief live on the same street. Yes. One paves the way to the other. Right. My brother's death really brought that out. I never felt so alive as that week that I spent with my brother and friends and family even though I knew he was dying. How is that possible? Well, that's the contrast. Yes. Yes, I couldn't agree more. That death brings life. It really does. It brings perspective. And mm-hmm. I, I had a very similar experience doing hospice work where, yeah, just putting my own life in perspective and having to face my own mortality and um, just being an empath, feeling everything mm-hmm. that was there, it just, it brought as much as it it took life away from me, it it gave it back in a way that I right. can't even explain. So I it really I, helps you get your priorities in line. Exactly. Exactly. So what are you looking forward to next, Beth? Like what are your priorities now at this stage in life with this perspective? Hmm. Well, I'm really fortunate because I've proclaimed myself semi-retired. And being semi-retired, I don't push myself so much to do all the marketing that I really don't like. (laughs) And so I figure that the business that I do get at this point is all business that I love. Energetically, the right people are attracted to come to work with me. And so they provide a lot of joy for me. And I still do a lot of leadership assessments, both personality assessments and the energy leadership index. So I'm really fortunate to be able to do all the things that I love to do and have enough flexibility so that my husband, who's older than I am and has been retired for a number of years, if we want to go walking to the lakefront or take a ride somewhere to to check out something that we hadn't planned on, we can be spontaneous. So for me, it's more of that. It's being able to um, have more experiences and enjoy my life and enjoy the fruits of my labor. (laughs) 
and stay actively involved in professional organizations and client work as things unfold to allow myself to be happy. I love that. I've got one more question for you. (laughs) Okay. If you could tell yourself 15 years ago something, what would it be? Everything always works out. That is incredible. I can feel kind of for you, like when you say that, I can just kind of feel the whole story, like and just having like complete perspective of, you know, being where you are today and kind of looking back with me asking that question, looking back and kind of this instant flash of what does that look like 15 years ago? And just having that awareness of everything always works out. I love that. I think that's awesome. It does. Every time I've allowed my inner critic or my imagination to go wild with the worst case scenario, it never works out that way. Things always resolve, maybe not in ways that I would like the most, and yet it's never the horrible ending (laughs) that I imagine. And so I'm finally getting to a point where I'm able to let that stuff go a lot faster. And so the values, the loving kindness, the keeping my inner critic at bay and taming it down a little bit, all of those things are getting easier and easier. So, yes. yeah. It Permission. Always it always works out in the end. So mm-hmm. anyone that's listening to this that feels the alignment that I'm feeling when I'm hearing you <laughs> speak, I can almost feel your life experience through your words, like the energy. Before we started recording, when we were all connecting, I was telling Beth about how when I hear her voice, I'm like, you're ever going to be doing any kind of guided meditations or visualizations anytime soon. Please let me be the first one that receives that recording because (laughs) I could feel the kindness in your voice and I could feel the inner peace and I could feel the love. And I don't always get to say that. So I appreciate the gift that you are to this world. And anyone else that feels the same thing and hears it, how do they find you? If they're feeling inspired and aligned to work with you, then where should we direct them to? Well, I do have a website. My website is called yourflourishinglife.com. I love the word flourish. (laughs) And so even though my business name is something else, I thought, okay, this is what I want my website to be. So yourflourishinglife.com is my website. Beth at yourflourishinglife.com is my email address. My Google voice number is 708-792-3848. So any of those ways of connecting with me would be welcome. Awesome. We will include those in the show notes for those of you who are interested. Beth, thank you so much for your time. We are so grateful and this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun for me too. Thanks. Thank you so much, Beth. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you could be anywhere doing anything, but I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to spend your time with us. We hope that there were some valuable pieces that you took away from this. If you want to catch more of our episodes, then go right now and subscribe. And remember, wherever you are on your journey, keep going and never quit.